This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Iron Hill Brewery. I am Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have Mark Edelson, the VP of Beer and founding partner of Iron Hill Brewery. We're going to talk about brewing a ton of award-winning beers, Iron Hill's 25th anniversary, and their shiny new production brewery. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Mark, VP of Beer, I take it you got to choose your own title, am I right? I did. It's a recent thing. Yes, yeah, so 25 years in, I said, you know... I'm going to be the VP of beer. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. I think, Brian, didn't your business cards used to say director of intoxicology? Director of intoxicology, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or doctor of intoxicology. Doctor of intoxicology. Yeah, I believe it was doctor. Either one. Either one works. Fancy yeah. stuff. Fancy stuff. Well, Mark, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Great. Great to be here. Should be a good time. We actually just went out to your Atlanta location. That's your newest location right now, correct? It is. Okay. Brian's walking distance. I seriously am. There, yeah, you so. opened it really? in my neighborhood. It, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. This weekend you had an Atlanta tap takeover with a lot of our local breweries here. And uh, kind of a cool thing. You know, a lot of brew pubs in that, you, or breweries, you know, they move in and they kind of want to make their name. But you guys were pretty quick to, to welcome the locals, correct? Absolutely. And, you know, we're very event-driven as a brewery. You know, we've been in business for 25 years. So we know how to do great brew pub events. And, and we always do ones that really embrace craft brewing in general, not just our own beers, but all of the local breweries that uh, offer great beers. You know, we originally did our Made in Delaware because Delaware is where we were founded. And Alex, who's our brewer down there, when he got down there, he's like, you know, I really want to do a Made in Atlanta. And I introduced him to Mitch Steele, who is a long-term friend of mine all right. uh, from way back. And you guys are so fortunate to have Mitch in the, the brewing community down there. You know, we've got Mitch Steele and Stan Hieronymus in Atlanta. Yeah, now. we do. You so, do. So you we've do. got it. Yes. And, and last time I was down, I, I sat with Bob Townsend, too. Oh, yes. And, yeah, right? Yeah. You guys have some gems down there. Not and a so, bad place to be. No, not at all. I had dinner with Mitch and introduced him to Alex, and Alex started talking about this idea of doing it. And Mitch is like, you know, I can introduce you to everybody, and let's do this. And so, uh, and that's how it got started so quickly uh, with us having just opened right at the new year. You know, the biggest thing I miss out of all of this, Mark, is just seeing your friends that you see out at all these events and that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, oh, absolutely. So we've done a couple things kind of masked up and socially distant and all that. But this was the first one we saw a lot of our brewer friends and other friends out there. And, of course, we got to meet Alex and Sam and the crew there. Alex is an sure. old friend of Brian's since he pops over there. So yeah. <laughs> I'm in there, I'm in I there frequently. <laughs> He's like, That's oh, you're back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you guys had a special beer you did for it, the Hammer and Hank that you put on. Yes, yes, the Czech Pills. Yeah. Home uh, Run Hank, I believe. Home Run it. Hank. Yeah, Home, home Run, run Hank. Hank. Yeah. Okay. It's actually a, a charitable beer. A portion of the proceeds, I understand, were donated to the Boys and Girls Club of Metro Atlanta. So, absolutely for a good That's cause cool. too, and just yeah. 
very cool, you know? You can yeah. drink beer and do good, and, and exactly. who doesn't want to do that, right? I'm on board with that. Yeah. You guys had it, and I have not, so tell me all about it. You should have come to Atlanta, yeah, Mark. You should have come to I know, I know, I know. <laughs> next time, next time, yes, sure enough. Time. They ought to send you, you know, can some up and send it to you, you know? Yeah, I know. Now, is that a beer that uh, you had come up with a recipe for, or was that one that uh, they specifically came up for? down here alex put the recipe together you know we do a lot of very traditional styles and so that was kind of his spin uh, it was not a company recipe but certainly we've brewed check pilsners before so he takes a lot of learnings from stuff we've done before and and kind of looks into it and puts his own spin on it yeah very cool well you know tim i think it's time for us to get into the beers of the week now it's time for our beers of the week brought to you by the nest craft beer and barbecue in downtown Kennesaw, Georgia. TheNestKennesaw.com Brian, as always, you may have heard this before. We've got a lot of great beers to get into this. Oh, really? Okay. We want to thank The Nest for sponsoring this event. Brian, it's patio season here. It is. And you go out. We have a short patio season because you've got, we're kind of in pollen season, but the window between patio, pollen, and 100 degree temperatures, you got to take advantage of it while you can. It's about three minutes long. (laughs) <laughs> so get out there and see that gorgeous patio at the nest. Get you some barbecue and craft beer. But uh, we are drinking, Brian. We pre-gamed with one. We experiment with non-alcoholic beers uh, just because uh, we call it the doctor's orders segment. Oh, yeah. Because the doctor told me to watch alcohol. I don't have to quit, thankfully. But we tried one from Partake as our pre-game beer, Partake Blonde. Uh, what would you think of that, Brian? I uh, I thought it was pretty good for, pretty good, for non-alcoholic. Right? Yeah, yeah I, I, drinkable. I've had some that I have them, and I'm like, I really never want to have this again. This was, uh, it has a little bit of that warty flavor. It was really light, right. but drinkable. It's it pretty enjoyable. It was. I'm all and right that's, with it. You know, there's only a few that I've had that I would say, hey, this could totally substitute for regular beer for me. But there's been a few that if I absolutely could not have alcohol for one reason or another, that would still fit the bill. Sure. Mark, have you guys ever done any NA beers? We have not. Um, we carry them. You know, there's a lot of great beers out there that kind of complement it, but we have not made in any beer Okay, yet. okay. And, of course, Brian, we're going to get into these Iron Hill beers. We actually are into their homestead right now, which is a farmhouse sale with orange pills, grains of paradise, and coriander. And, Brian, I believe this is one of your favorites that you've had there. Yes. Dankonia. That's right. Northeast yes. IPA. So we've got some of that to get into and a few others that uh, we'll see what goes on. But, Brian, why don't you tell us what's happening this week in the news? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. All right, good news for people who have been vaccinated. Sam Adams is buying a beer for people who post vaccination proof on social media. That was starting as of Monday, this last Monday, April 12th. If you post your vaccination sticker or a bandage to Twitter or Instagram and tag Sam Adams with the appropriate hashtag, you may be the recipient of $7 via Cash App to buy yourself a beer when you're next at a bar. And that's basically it. So the promotion runs until May 15th. For all details, go to samadams.com slash shot for Sam. So kind of a cool idea. There's been a few places that are doing things for here in Atlanta, Monday Night Brewing. If you show proof of vaccination, they're giving you a case or a 12-pack of their Narwater seltzer. Oh, that's right. I knew I'd seen so, another place. Yeah. I think Krispy Kreme is doing something Some like that, do- too. Uh, so. uh, like a donut for a, donuts for a year or something <laughs> like that? Something so. like that. I didn't read into it, but I, I've seen it happen a few times. I'm like, this is pretty cool. This is a good way to encourage people to go out and do something. Donuts that, and beer, man. Donuts like, if you're on beer. the fence, I'm like, well, you can get a beer and you can get some donuts. I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. 
Let's do it. So if you have a lazy dog at home that isn't pulling its weight, I've got some more good news. Bush wants to put your pup to work as its official dog brew tester. And if your dog makes the cut, your furry chief tasting officer will bring in a respectable $20,000 an annual salary. So that's pretty crazy. Of course, Fido won't actually be tasting beer, which is uh, not great for canine health. The beverage is actually a non-alcoholic bone broth beverage that's said to promote digestive dog health. Your dog's application process is also pretty straightforward. Just post a picture of your dog with the hashtag Bush CTO contest, and the contest runs through April 28th. So I want to get on that quickly if you want to put your dog to work. Is this a product they're actually making? Yeah, yeah apparently. Okay. Apparently, this beer has been out there for a year, and I think they're just trying to promote it, get people aware of it, and move it out there. So it's it's kind of amusing. So, okay. Yeah, dog beers. Yeah. And you can make some money. Your dog can make you some money. There so it's pretty go. cool. Uh, you know, Tim is always talking about his love for cave-aged cheese. Well, this week we learned about a 100% cave-aged, spontaneously fermented beer that was a collaboration, and it's being released. The collaboration was between Roughhouse Brewing and Jester King, and it has been fermenting in an underground limestone cave for a little over a year. The beer is an homage to the natural spaces of Texas, and apparently all the ingredients come from that state. And it marks the very beginning of a series that is supposed to be 100% cave-aged and spontaneous spontaneously fermented so there will be more of these beers so iso tim i bet that would go nice with the cave age cheese actually. i think it probably would it be pretty darn i'm good. intrigued by what kind of interesting microbes you're going to get from a limestone cave i don't think anybody's done anything like that anywhere as far as i know, I know. weren't caves kind of the place you aged your beers though back in the day yeah so. those were not intentionally spontaneously fermented but i guess they would have been but I think that's way before my time. So Either way, I'd to love try to try that. it. Yeah, It'd be for a good sure. Time. Yeah. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Iron Hill Brewery. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. Craft Beer deserves craft glass. Thick Boys Glass has curated an online collective of glass artisans around the USA to bring you hand-blown beer glassware. These unique glasses are stylish and durable and have plenty of room to hold a tall boy of your favorite beer. Use code BEERGUYS at thickboysglass.com to get 15% off your order. Thick Boys Glass, that's T-H-I-C-C-B-O-I-S glass.com. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram your revolution is over mr lebowski condolences the bums lost now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you miss the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps now let's get back to iron hill brewery well mark we're gonna ask a question we ask everybody but uh, it's just kind of fun to hear uh how did Iron Hill Brewery get its start? 
How do we get our start? So uh, I have two partners, Kevin Finn and Kevin Davies. Kevin Finn and I were friends for many years. We played soccer together, right? And we became homebrewers together. His wife bought him a homebrew kit to keep us from going out drinking all the time. And so she brought him a homebrew kit and that's what we did. We started homebrewing and, uh, you know, and this was in the late eighties, right? Back when people were starting to pass homebrew laws, states were passing homebrew laws and homebrewing really started to take off. And we love what we were doing as homebrewers, like many. I mean, it starts, you've, you've heard the story a lot, I'm sure. And so um, we won awards at the homebrew competitions of the time, and we both hated our jobs and said, why don't we give this a run? And uh, and we decided that we wanted to get into the brew pub side of it and realized that we needed to get somebody who knew something about restaurants and a mutual friend introduced us to our third partner, Kevin Davies, who was trying to do the same thing. He was a restaurateur in the in the Delaware area for many years and put us together. And within two years, we opened the first Iron Hill in, uh, in Newark, Delaware. So did you have any plans at the time to be what Iron Hill Brewery is today? You know, we get asked that question a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I think that at first we realized that one restaurant wasn't going to support us three knuckleheads, right? And uh, <laughs> and that we needed to do something, right? And so, I mean, we opened the second location within two years of the first one. So, uh, you know, I, it's such a whirlwind when you do these things. It's hard to remember everything you, you thought about. But we, we certainly must have been thinking about it a little bit because we opened so quickly. And then within another two years, we opened our third one. And then we just kept going with that. With the growth that way, do you get much of a chance to brew anymore, or are you pretty much just managing everything? People make fun of me, right? They're like, when was the last time you ever brewed? Right, <laughs> right? sure. Now, you know what I do? I do these collaborations, right? And and these days, and we do a big collaboration up in Philadelphia for Philly Beer Week, right? But it's all of us that started around the same time, around 1996, and and we did not do it last year, but it's called Brotherly Suds, right? And so we get together, all of us that have been in the business for so long. And and at this point, you know, there's guys in the brewery that are, we do the formulation weeks before, and then we sit there and we enjoy each other's company and drink beer. And, uh, <laughs> That's and the way Bill, you do it. Bill Kovaleski from Victory says, he goes, you know, this is the one day a year we actually do what everybody thinks we do all year long, which is sit right. around and drink beer all day, right? And so everyone assumes that's what brewers do, right? And so, but that's what we get to do. So I, I would say that I was the first brewer in the first Iron Hill and, you know, brewed a lot and you would brew and then we would go work the shift, the manager shifts in the restaurant, right? And right. That's what you did at the time. And, uh, and so, yeah, but it's been a while since I've by myself been in brewery. I did something last year, right before the pandemic hit, we did this thing, our marketing people called uh, Brew with a Legend, right? So I guess I'm the legend. And so we ran a homebrew competition. I remember that, and, yeah. And we picked five from five different regions of where we have restaurants. We did the judging of all the homebrews submitted, and then the five got to brew on a system, and then I would go in and brew with them. And we'd have the, the local brewer there as well, so. Um, okay. I did put on some coveralls, right? It's been a long time since I did that. <laughs> yeah. I had to get a new size of them, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do these not fit anymore? That's right. What happened? <laughs> 
Now, do you miss uh, you miss the days where you were just brewing? Or I do in that when I smell the wort boiling, right? And you know that distinctive smell. And you know, I'm like, ah, oh, boy, I do miss a, a little simpler times, right? But, you know, what, what my partners and I do now are part of building an organization. And at some point, you to get a lot of enjoyment out of brewing an organization where you get to let people help grow your business. And so that's, that's kind of what we do. Right. I had someone ask me just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the radio show and they said, why didn't you just start a brewery? Why go this route? And I'm like, man, there's a, that's a lot of work. It is a lot and of brewing work. Brewing is yeah. a lot of work. So Brian and I have work. That's you a know, young athletic man's game. <laughs> sure. Cause a lot of people that, yeah, absolutely. a lot of people that want to start their breweries don't realize that that Saturday you're spending in your garage with your buddies, making five gallons of beer is nothing like that 40 barrel batch, you know, that you make there. So, and Brian and I found out that the hard way. People ask me, do you still homebrew? And I'm like, are, are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> right? so. I, the, the day you start professionally brewing, your wife will be like, you're not doing that at home. No. <laughs> and we've talked to some people that are just not even interested. I'm like, I do this all day. Why would I go home sure. and do this? I need, yeah. I need some time Absolutely. to decompress, you know? I think it's Absolutely. some of the younger guys that are breaking away from it. Like I have a friend that's worked his way up into a brewmaster position and he enjoys brewing. And he mentioned, he's like, yeah, you know, I miss it. And he's trying to get on their pilot brewery, you know, to go out and do some of the experimental stuff and that. Sure, to, sure to get some brewing in there. He, what he really wants to do is play at work. <laughs> sure. That's it. He's like, this right? work is too much work. Now, exactly. Man. Let I me do the playing brewing. stuff. I, I really enjoyed that part of sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to always be heavily, even outside of the brewery, it was always heavily involved in every formulation. And so, and now I, I have trouble uh, letting go of that stuff, Yeah. but not in the last 10 years. You know, I have a lot of faith in our crew and the stuff they do, but I love getting involved we have our 25th anniversary is this year and coming up late. And so the anniversary beers, I get to be heavily involved with. So I'm getting excited about this one. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Mark, you mentioned that uh, you were on the board of the Brewers Association for about 10 years, correct? Yes, that's correct. When were you on the board there? In 2006, my first meeting, uh -huh. they said, hey, we're going to work on something right now. It's called the craft beer definition. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Yes. Right? Better was, write that in pencil. That, yeah. was, that, was, that was the very first meeting that I attended. And then from there. So, I, you know, in the very end of that 10 years was about when Charlie was starting to talk seriously about retiring. So, okay. It, it was great. You know, yeah. I, I was just a brew pub guy, right? I was a brew pub rep, but I was on the board with who were my heroes, right? Ken Grossman, Kim Jordan, Jim Cook from Boston Beer. Sure. I mean, I look around yeah. the room and everybody, I and mean, I was just in awe of that. I mean, all the smart people that founded you know, that generation of craft brewing were all in one room. That'd be amazing. That's amazing. Just to sit in there. on. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Talking about just kind of the history of what those guys went through to get beer to where it is today. And I visited the Sierra Nevada location in North Carolina, and they've got sure. some of the section there. They've kind of got it set up as mini museum history pieces. Yeah. And it's really right. cool yes. to see, you know, this stuff from back in the day. I think – Charlie Papazian's, I think his original brew book 
and Mash Paddle are in the Smithsonian. In the now. Smithsonian, yeah, they are. I collection. believe so. So yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> Brewing is important crazy. stuff. Because you imagine, you're, yeah, just thinking about that as a guy's home brewing some someday in the future, this will be in a museum. Yeah, who would have thunk? <laughs> yeah, sure. exactly. Crazy stuff. Jack Joyce from Rogue was on the board. I mean, I, just the legends, right? And I learned so much from them. Around all these great people. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Iron Hill Brewery. and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram back off man i'm a scientist now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates kfir 720 a.m in albany and salem oregon catch beer guys radio on kfir every sunday at 5 a.m local time now let's get back to iron hill brewery Mark, just before we went to break, we talked a little bit about your time at the Brewers Association and the defining craft beer. What a task, right? So It was. It was. As issues go on, as brewing changes, I know everything changes. But what do you think some of the biggest issues facing brewers today is? As we just got on to retail ourselves, uh, certainly shelf space, right? The proliferation of so many beers out there and so many choices and trying to find shelf space and stand out, you know? We're 8,000 plus, right, breweries now. And the amount of beer that's out there, and there's a lot of great beer out there, is it's becoming such a crowded space. It's really it difficult yeah. to stand out in that forest of beer. I mean, unless you really do something <laughs> phenomenal, it's tough, right? it's challenging. You know, is it the label? Is it uh, your social media? Is it, What's the edge that you get? so that you can at least get in the glass, right? You know, and it got to the point here in Atlanta, we've been spoiled, and I think a lot of places have through the pandemic, probably got more distribution from other states because people wanted to get beer out as much as possible. It's a disadvantage of some of the small brewers, right? Or newer brewers, because I heard this from, from friends. We were not in retail pre-pandemic. We realized that off-premise takeout beers was great for us, and so 
some of the smaller breweries, when you couldn't go in to make purchases in some of the liquor stores and you had to decide before you walked up what you were going to get, to walking past that case to see the small little brewery in there, you're not going to get to do. So you're going with the old standard. You're going to grab Sierra Nevada. You're going to grab a New Belgium. You're going to grab a Sam Adams, right? And so right. That, that really puts some breweries to a disadvantage in the general liquor store. We even had some cases where like really well-known brands would come into Georgia and you didn't even know it. And there was a time yeah. probably two or three years ago that if any big brand had came in, it would have been all over the forums, all over Insane. the beer news now. Lines sure. and everything. Sure. Yeah. And there's been brands that I don't find out they're in the state until I'm at the bottle shop. I'm like, oh, yeah. When did we start getting Bissell Brothers, you know, <laughs> yeah. or stuff like that? So, and we've had a few that have kind of snuck in. So you're like, is this here legit, or is right. this something sly that kind it's of snuck boot, in the back door? There, yeah, so, sure. <laughs> yeah. So we just opened up the next growler of Dankonia. This okay. is uh, this is one that's I think it's my personal favorite of the beers that I've had from Iron Hill, uh, having ventured over to the one in my neighborhood quite a bit. Tell us a little bit about this. How did this come to be? So it's a New England style IPA, right? And uh, look, I'm a traditionalist, right? So if you can imagine, I was, as our young brewers were like, let's make hazy, cloudy beer. I was, oh, I, yeah, so I was like, oh, God, no. Right? Why would we do that? <laughs> beer is beautiful, right? And so other than Hefeweizen and couple of things, you know, we should be clear. But I, these beers are wonderful. And I said, when we're going to get into this, we're going to do it right. They're not going to drop clear in a week. You know, we're going to research and see what some of the better ones are doing and do that. And so we make fantastic Northeastern New England style IPAs. Most of our uh, New England IPAs, we use the, the Vosk Hevekeast, which is not what everybody generally tends to use, but it works. We feel it works. It's a Norwegian yeast and it works wonderful because it gives its own character of an orange citrusy, which goes so great with the hops that you're normally going to use in, a, in, in this style of IPA. But this one is very heavily hopped with mosaic and galaxy hops, right? And so, oh, okay. right, you get the dankness from that, thus the name, and that pineapple and that huge citrus in it. And it is so aromatic. I wish your producer could uh, try some, but, you know, I know he's... Uh, wouldn't that be great if no Mike Nate We're going to make some? him. Yeah, so no Mike Nate has sworn <laughs> off alcohol. He's trying to trim up, so cheers to him, props to him. But he did, for Mark, he take a, a sip. sip of he did. Awesome. He did. Yeah. Is this no Mike Nate approved? We got the thumbs, thumbs up thumbs there, up. man. All right. And so Eric, who's our brewer in Greenville, South Carolina, actually, this is his recipe, and... When I first came up to it, it was like, wow, what? This is terrific, right? And as you know, uh, and this is my Mitch story, you know, Galaxy Hops are at such a premium, right? And we have a very little limited amount of Galaxy Hops under contract that we use. And so, in fact, everybody used to get to brew this once a year, right? And everybody loved brewing it. And they got one box of hops, each restaurant, and that's all they could do, right? And so... Well, I was just down, I said, in uh, January with Alex after we opened and invited Mitch over for dinner. And we're sitting there talking. We're talking about hops and contract. And I said, God, you know, I just wish I could get a hold of some Galaxy, right? He goes, 
oh, I got a ton of it in uh, Virginia Beach if you want to buy it. And I was like, how much? And he told me how much. I'm like, okay. I'm like, did I say that too fast? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll take every. Dang it. I could have haggled there. I could have haggled. So uh, I'll take every pound of it. Right. And so Iron Hill gets to brew Danconia IPA in 2021 all year long. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. great. Working out for us. I forget the name of it. There's a website that's made for breweries to sell hops. Yes. That's a popular one. Correct. Yep. And I remember some of the brewers complaining about prices just being ridiculous, yeah. like just ridiculous that Absolutely. people were asking these kind of prices for things. Yeah. Weren't they getting better deals going to homebrew shops and buying hops that it, way? Right. In little, <laughs> in little sacks, right. In bags. Right. Just, One ounce uh, packages. How many Absolutely. of those do you have? It, it gets so outrageous because, you know, you put it on an electronic forum and the price just gets driven up. And I, and I will tell you that Mitch sold it to us at the price he paid. And that was why I said it so fast. Good guy, Mitch. Right? I was like, yeah, I'll take it all. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch is like, I've got Galaxy. You're like, of course you do, Mitch. Of course <laughs> you do, right? Uh, so was it the... Tasting the beer, was that what made you a convert to the whole hazy New England IPA thing? Or I, kind of like, I need to get on board with this because it's not going away no, kind I, of situation? No, I, I really started drinking them, and, and then I realized the attractiveness of it, right? I mean, we had gone through 15 years of how much you can get of IBUs into a beer, right? I've got a oh, yeah. hundred IBU beer, right? And you could only enjoy hops by getting kicked in the teeth with bitterness, right? And yeah. and I <laughs> yes. I feel like yep. that this was the reaction to that, that that hops have something to say other than bitterness. And we're actually gonna take that out completely of the equation and do this. So they're soft and they're wonderful and flavorful and I have to admit, I fell in love with the flavors of them. And they were the subtle rest from the traditional IPAs that we were all drinking for way too long. Yeah, I like this one a lot. It's not just a total tropical bomb either, Mark. It's yeah. Got, you know, you've got, there's a little danky pine kind of riding in the background there. So, and then the, the citrus, you get nice citrus and tropical fruit. So, it's really I love well the done. profile on this. Yeah, it's really nice. Because some New Englands tend to be a little too sweet, I think. And this particular yeast really dries it out. We do it at a higher temperature, so it really takes down the, the, the sugar level and kind of dries it out a little bit. And I just think it makes these beers better. So if you've been experimenting with the quake yeast at all, I mean, since you used it a fair amount, have you, like, stressed it out or any? Yeah, we let it free ride, right, on the, okay. the temperature-wise. Just go, right? And How hot does it get? <laughs> we're in Celsius, so we get up to about 26 Celsius, right? So that gets way, way up there. Is that 95? Yep. Is Nobody that knows. It's, a, it's, it's, it's some unsure. number up there. <laughs> yes. 400 degrees. Probably around whatever. 400. And it seems to stay happy. That's I've played crazy. with Saison yeast. I think we pushed our Saison homebrew up to 90. About before. 90. But yeah. we wanted it's some still interesting. still got great, great results, you know, just a really tasty beer. You, that's another thing. You know, a lot of breweries, especially homebrewers, are playing with Saisons or Kavikis because of the flexibility you have with temperature there. So, uh, and I think we wanted the interesting character that came out at higher temperatures out of that specifically, right? And it did work out well for it us. Is. Yep. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Iron Hill Brewery.
patio season is here in the nest in Kennesaw, Georgia has plenty of outdoor space for you to enjoy a cold beer and some tasty barbecue. They've got 48 taps of great beer, wine, cider, and even hard seltzers, plus an impressive craft cocktail list so there's something for everyone. If you're ready for some friendly competition, head over every Tuesday for trivia or relax and take in the local talent with live music every Wednesday and Sunday. Enjoy the great weather while you can. Grab your friends and head to The Nest in Kennesaw, Georgia. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing, establishing a new standard in craft beer. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to Iron Hill Brewery. Mark, we would like to talk to you about reading up on this, man. This is super impressive. Did I see you had a 20 plus year run of winning medals at the great American beer festival? We did. It's the longest. Run. Congratulations. That's extremely yeah, that's impressive. Fantastic. Thank you. You know, in the first year we opened, you know, you sit down and you set some goals and I said, someday, I want to win a medal at the Great American Beer Festival. And we went out the first year and our Munich Hellas won a gold medal, right? And we won for 21 years straight after that. Wow. Mission accomplished. So right? after that, Mission you're like, yeah. So after that, you're like, well, what do we do now? Like you're, what you're now? like the child star on TV. I'm like, <laughs> like your career peaked early. It didn't though. Right? It turns out no, it did it not, but no, yeah. you know, and, and it, it was a lot and it was across a wide variety of styles. We won in the early days for sours. I liked being up on the stage ahead of New Belgium for sour beer metal. There you nice. go. So yeah. You're like, yeah. wow. You know, Peter's there and he's been trained in Belgium and sour beers and you're on the platform ahead of him. And you're like, <laughs> ah, he's got to be really. <laughs> you got to get up there and fist bump Charlie Papazian, right? Yep. Oh, yes. Year after year. So. But yeah, it's a great testament to what our brewers do in terms of quality. Do you have any idea about how many uh, medals you've actually won in total at this point in time? Because I've heard a big number, but I'm not sure if it's true. It is a big number. Between the World Beer Cup and the Great American Beer Festival, it's in the 70s. It's in the 70s. That's impressive. That's yeah, that's impressive. about what I heard. I wonder if anyone's broke 100, because that's a lot of medals. I mean, that's a lot of medals to win. Well, sure. Maybe. See, I got Mark. I got snarky here when we've got like six or eight for homebrew, and someone was sure. joking around something and just being a total jerk. I put on all of our medals, 
and took a picture. And so I right. sent him looking like a, a Middle Eastern general here with all these medals hanging off of me. So. Got it. But yeah. At least you weren't naked with them all. I, I did not say that. I did. I can neither confirm or deny that. He so. didn't. He didn't say anything about clothing. I, I just said I put the medals on. My guess is, right. if Tim took the one picture, he probably got disrobed and took the other picture for private enjoyment. <laughs> Hanging in my in my office for for me to see there. So yeah, good stuff. And also, twenty fifth anniversary is this November. Is that right? That's correct. Twenty five awesome. years. Now, you know, I got a question kind of to back into something a little bit. We talk a lot about 90s brew pubs. Big thing then. You know, the 90s were, were a big brew pub sure. boom here. And unfortunately, I remember going to places like John Harvard's. There was mm-hmm. one called yep. Hops that yep. was popular. Hops. Rock Bottom. Yep. Rock a bottom. lot of places. But Gordon Beersheven kind of disappeared. Yep. You notice recently? something yep. about all these places we're saying, Mark. They're, they're not around most of them anymore. So... What set Iron Hill apart to have that staying power through through all these changes in the industry? Of course, it's always making great beer, but I, and I think a lot of brew pubs did. But this is the thing, and I, and I'm going to say, unfortunately, because I think it still exists. You know, brew pubs were never known for their food, right? It was always a focus on beer, and we wanted to make sure that you know, if the brewery were to close, we still would be a great restaurant. Right. And we focused on hospitality and restaurant and service and, and the beer as well. And people always looked at us as because restaurants, you know, even through pandemic, restaurants survive. Right. And so we're social society and people like to go out and enjoy. It. And so that was very important to us. And that really, I think, is what catapulted us. And I, I think, unfortunately, that that still exists out there, that it's mediocre food. And and I think with the proliferation of tasting rooms, right, which now are considered brew pubs by everybody, right? Pretty much. Um, That the terrible food continues, right? I'm not going to say it. You know, it's food trucks. And just because Food Network has great food trucks doesn't mean a food truck has great food, right? And they're too expensive now too, Mark. Food trucks are crazy now. They, again, they've used Food Network as as the justification to overcharge for, for yeah. They are pricier than sit-down places. Sure. You have to stand outside of a truck in the heat to pick up food that is more expensive than sitting down in a nice restaurant to get yeah. the sure. same kind of food. It, it's, it's a little nuts. <laughs> you know, we can verify, up. though, talking about the food, we had the – if you guys go, those listening, if you go to Iron Hill, you got to get the Philly cheesesteak egg rolls. And, Absolutely. Uh, and th- I got a pro tip this weekend, Mark, that I hadn't got before, that you take your egg roll and you dip it in your sauce, and then there's a garnish of green onion dices on the plate, yep. and you use your sauce like a glue to grab Absolutely. some green onions there, man. That's Absolutely. how you do it. That's how you do it. So Secret to the dish. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell you, we were unsure how Philly cheesesteak egg rolls would go over in the South, right? And amazingly uh, that's how amazingly right they're yeah. like oh we love philly too yeah yes. well it's meat and cheese and fried exactly so we're exactly. all we're all, all the essential <laughs> elements right <laughs> i had a fellow that worked for me one time that was a, he was a triathlete and he was from philadelphia and moved down here and we went to lunch someplace and they had deep fried batter fried artichoke hearts I'm down with and that. And we ordered some, and we're sitting there. I'm like, do you want some? He's like, no. 
He's like, I can't believe you guys will fry anything here. He's like, these are healthy, and you're battering them and frying them. I'm like, yes, we will do this. This is a true statement. And we you will saw do I was this. immediately on board with that. Yes, yeah, count me in. So the 25th anniversary, we, we should talk about this. It's coming up in November, yes. correct? What, is, what are your plans? What's going to happen? Well, we do a little something every 25th of the month this year, right? And, uh, but what we're really planning on is our 25th anniversary beer. And so, uh, and look, I don't think anybody knows this in the media. So this will be our, our first. This is it. All right. Breaking news. Give it to you. All right. So we have one beer that is still an OG recipe, right? Day one recipe, and it's one that I made called our, our Pig Iron Porter, which is a London-style porter, right? It's it's the only beer on tap that is still original and, and has been for 25 years. We're going to do an imperial version of that as our 25th beer, right? Okay, and, awesome. um, Which is going to be available. And then we're going to get some cool barrels and do some barrel aging of that. And, and I'm going to say that we probably have our hands on some utopious barrels that might. Oh, find. okay. So, utopious barrel aged yes. Imperial Porter, huh? I'm excited uh, already. Okay. Yeah. All right. I- so pig iron Porter is, is the name of the Porter. The internal name of this beer right now is called big pig. But our marketing awesome. department wishes to find a better name for that. But, um, you know, it might stick because it's just what's being used around the brewery to refer to it right now. We, the first batch of it is in one of our smaller fermenters here in the, in the big brewery. Uh, just brewed it last week. So that'll finish out and then we'll find some barrels to get it into and, and let it sit for the rest of the year and, you know, and have a lot of fun with it. You should make it a mission, like almost a political movement. Like I stand with Big Pig, like get, with Big Pig. get <laughs> buttons made and such. So just really go all or, out, or have a naming yeah. contest. Have people try to yeah. throw you, uh, out there. Yep, absolutely. And that I'm gets go- dangerous sometimes. Yeah, this is Porter McPorter. Porter face. McPorter face. Right. <laughs> I was gonna say Super Sow or Golden Swine, one of the two, but. Uh, sure. Yeah, you know, twenty five would be silver. I so stand it'd be with silver. Big pig. Silver swine. Twenty fifth anniversary is a silver anniversary, Team right? Big pig. Yep. I think that's yes, right. Yeah. The silver swine. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> I think we've outvoted Brian already. We have. So we'll yeah. See My on, ideas yeah. are always outvoted. Yes. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate you taking the time, sitting down to talk with us. If folks want to know what is going on with Iron Hill Brewery, what is the best place for them to go? To find out. Go to our website, right? Ironhillbrewery.com. You can see all our social media tags there as well. Awesome. Sounds great. Great. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Join us next week as we talk with Red Top Brew House. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. <laughs>